The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And with that said, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. For you guys who are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you can head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. If you would like to watch the video portion of the radio show, you can do that. Just scroll down on the right side of the page. If you're using a mobile device, you won't be able to do it as far as I know. Uh, with just a regular browser. I do know in Chrome you can switch to desktop mode, which allows you to see the sidebar on the side. So if you do that, if you're on a mobile device and you want to do that, you can switch <clears throat> Excuse me, and see the sidebar on the right. We're the second video. You'll see it going live on the page there. The one above that is Bradley. He comes on at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you'll see the recap of his show yesterday if you pl- push on play there now otherwise you can join us you can see the faces made for radio right here and uh, also while you're there right above the videos um, there is a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter we don't uh, rent out your email we don't sell it we don't spam your email you get one email a day it contains all of the articles from sonsoflibertymedia.com for that day and when i tell you that i archive things that's in there you'll get the video portion of the radio show, you'll get the podcast. So if you're wanting to save on data, you can play the play the podcast. <laughs> That's a little less. Some people have asked about that. Uh, way less data that you're going to use on that than the video, obviously. Uh, but if there's something that you wanted to see in that, that'll be there. If we played videos, if we do any of this other kind of stuff, what happens is I put all of that in the archive. So you can go right down the line with it. If it's a tweet, if it's a video, if it's a document, a website, or whatever the case may be, you can go right there. It's all right there in one place. And uh, unlike other people who may not put out all of the stuff of what they're talking about so that you can check it out yourself, that's what I want to do. Because I know for me that's an easy way for me to learn something if I pick up something and I hear it. And uh, as as a result of that, I'm interested in the subject. It's nice to have all of that in one place. So that's that's why I do it. Also at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com, if you 
like the message you hear, you agree with it, okay, and you want to help us out, and you're able to do so. We ask that you would you would keep us in mind with that. We do have needs that we have to take care of. It costs money to do these kinds of things, to do radio, to go out among the people and teach them our constitutional and Christian heritage here. If you'd like to do that, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that and make a one-time donation. You can partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty. That's also at the top of the page. And then also our store is available. If you want to pick up something for yourself or maybe you got some events coming up or whatever gifts that you want to give, uh, click on the store button and purchase something from us. They're, they make great conversation starters for sure. And you help us do what we do here at the Sons of Liberty. Um, now, today is Rotten to the Core Wednesday. We're going to have an, a short interview here in the midst of what we're doing. Lynn's going to tell me when we're going to do that. and Because we pre-recorded it yesterday with, I'm going to call her a young lady. She, her and her husband have 10 kids too. And um, she is is really battling some things in the state of Utah. And <clears throat> so this morning, you're going to see some very interesting images let me let me just say that uh if you thought seeing the what is it the four or five pillars whatever it is of islam i'm having a moment here a senior moment (laughs) if you thought you were shocked by seeing the pillars of islam on school walls wait till you see this and i say that because the people on red state talk radio you're not going to see it but we're but they're definitely going to be talking about it we're going to go through the abc's of them indoctrinating your children to become communist revolutionaries. That's what they're doing. That's exa- As soon as I saw it, that's exactly what they're doing. So, to help me with that, again, as always on Wednesdays, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. I tell you what, we're on a roll for sure today. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and we had a little bit of trouble yesterday. I, let me change up some stuff here. Okay. And uh, we had a little bit of trouble yesterday because I did an update on my stream deck, which is, is the stream deck has just made things so much easier for me to hit a button instead of dragging my cursor everywhere. And I did the update, and none of the buttons worked. So the ladies were sitting here waiting on me, and I, it still didn't take very well. So it looks like it's, it's working good. today, so we should be good except for in the interview. You're going to see yeah. some glitches in there. Just want to let people know that. All right, Lynn, we're, we're also going to be looking at uh, a house bill and some other things through this. So you want to get us started? Tell us where we're going to go? Yes. Okay. So, well, good morning, everyone. And this is actually part two of what we started last week. And if you missed last week, don't fret. The article is embedded in the part two. So that'll be in the archives, everything that we're going to talk about today. And even if we don't get to some of the things that are on the list, uh, they will be in the archives as well. But our conversation is centering around this new CRT or this new movement for CRT, which is critical race theory and how it has tried to attach itself to mimic that of what the civil rights movement was about. But if you listen to longtime true civil rights activists like Clarence Henderson, who we've had on the show before, he was one of the ones who sat at the the counter there in Greensboro and, you know, was making a statement about equality. Uh, You'll find out that 
the CRT has nothing to do with the true equality, but more about what to do to cause discord and division. And what I lay out in this part two picks up on that particular part from part one, but it also goes into examples of how this is playing out among not just schools, but higher uh, K through 12 schools, but higher education, libraries, museums, uh, curriculum that is accessible to any school choice, including homeschoolers. So again, if we think it's just in public schools, we're sorely mistaken. I also lay out how I think based on research, this particular um, race baiting that we're seeing that the government is doing is not the real issue, okay? Because this is not a card that the government has just come up with. This is a card they've been playing for years about, you know, this skin color has worse than this skin color and, you know, this skin color is better than this one and we've got to make sure everybody's even Steven. Mm -mm. That's the squirrel moment. I think based on research, what we're seeing, especially under the name of post-COVID relief and uh, the, the reset, that this is setting up the nation not for one skin color versus the other, which I do not support because we're all the same in God's eyes, but the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, because that will create a new case system. And we're already seeing this play out in other nations where if you have the vaccination, you can go to school, you can go to work, you can get food, you can do all these other things. And if you don't, then you can't do all these things. So all these things have been purposely intertwined. And uh, so that's all we're going to cover today. Okay, that's interesting. We're, we're going to be looking at uh, not an issue of race. I think race <clears throat> is the club that they use to silence the dissent. That, that's always been the thing. You're a racist. Right. As soon as they say that, everybody goes, the deer in the headlights. Uh, instead of ignoring the charge and dealing with the issue and, and continuing mm -hmm. to advance on that. And uh, it, But you're saying this is leading towards vaxxed and unvaxxed, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a pretty that's heavy, that's yeah. a pretty heavy charge. Is. Can you take us down the road of how we're going to get there? <laughs> okay, let's, let's rock. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you've got last week's article that will help set the stage for that. Now, in 2011, our wonderful, wonderful whistleblower, Charlotte Iserbite, wrote an article on how the government was using skin color to conquer and divide among education. And what they did with it, Tim, was the educrats who are running all this. And an educrat is someone who thinks they know education. Either they... Um, have an educational background and sold out to the common core machine, or they have no clue about education, but they're still trying to legislate it. So that's what an educrat is. But uh, Charlotte's article is pointing out that the way that the government was successful in getting minorities on board with this um, Skinnerarian shift, if you will, or the outcome-based education, the skill-based education was because they made the argument all about it's going to help you get better through jobs and the economy and skills. And so therefore we segue into the skill-based labor. So if you want to show that uh, the second paragraph of what she wrote way back when in 2011 is really eye-opening. All right. Is this from Educrats Reforming Part 2? Uh, this is, okay. If you'll go to the email, Tim, if you will look, it is the one, two, it is the third resource. It says follow with the 2011 excerpt. Okay, for whatever it's reason, from her this, deliberate dumbing down. Mm -hmm. This opened up 
all kinds of weird stuff, and my email just went there. Oh no! <laughs> I opened them up in the in the in the list that you had there, and mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, or I had a problem. <clears throat> okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. Grand Rapids West Middle School. Yes, the second paragraph is what I would like if we could pull one? that up for folks. What what's the what's the website though that I'm pulling up? Oh, it's her deliberate dumbing down. Okay. And it's called oh, Experimentation yeah, okay. with Minorities. Nope, I've got it. I've got it here. Okay. okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, that's her that's her article. Experimentation with minorities. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. All right. You're wanting the third paragraph? Second. Second. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. Second. While reading these entries, please keep in mind the endless promises to the minorities, the multi-billions of tax dollars geared to help minorities, the use of Skinnerarian <laughs> mastery, yep. learning OBE, direct Outcome instruction. Based education. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, direct instruction on minorities and the resulting decline in test scores for those inner city children upon whom the change agents experimented. It becomes obvious that academic success was never intended for the minorities. The minorities were experimented on or used very simply in order to change the traditional system. The fundamental structure of American education from one based on content, which stressed academics, competition, excellence, and a focus on the importance of the individual's pursuit of knowledge for his own sake, and I would say the Christian pursuit that used to be there for the glory of God, thereby allowing him upward mobility to one based on performance outcomes, what is good for the group, state, global economy, the corporate fascist partnership, <clears throat> excuse me, between the corporations and the public schools to benefit the global economy. Now, one of the things here mm-hmm. that, that's interesting to me is this idea of what they first, or what she first says: the multi billions of tax dollars geared to mm-hmm. help minorities. Now I see them kind of doing that with everybody. Oh, that the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the people need relief; they need help. And the problem yep. is they're not helping us. As we had Franklin Sanders on on last Friday, when when he talked about even the money that you have, as soon as they dump this, you know, nearly two trillion dollars into the system, they're going to print it all out out of thin air. It comes to you with debt. It comes to you with interest. They have. <clears throat> they're not just giving you more debt. They're not giving you free money. They're giving you free debt. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And then on top of that, they're not helping you. They're actually stealing the money that you have because it's being devalued as they do that. I think this is the same thing that's been happening with minorities. They keep them on the government dole of debt, uh, the enslavement. And if I can just give a plug real quick, for those who haven't heard Chuck Baldwin's message from this past Sunday, this ties right in. And the people love their slavery. They love their debt uh, in Egypt here in America rather than they love their freedom. Okay, but look at this. This was set up years ago. They experimented with minorities. We've now seen it hit everyone. So it is not impossible to take this to the heavy charge that I took it at the opening of the show, because that's exactly where it's going. And we have got so many people who are showing evidence to support this. Um, Let's keep going. Okay. Back in 2019, 
Now it's all over the news that the doctor that there are six Dr. Zeus books that are supposed to be racially charged and offensive and that sort of thing. They have been removed from reading lists. Yesterday was uh, Dr. Zeus's birthday. He's used, his books were usually read in libraries to celebrate, you know, all the wonderful uh, children's books that he had written because he did write some really good ones. But back in 2019, I showed you. And a lot of this shifting from academics to skill-based, how his enterprise was involved in it and how it is taking and going into social and emotional learning along with several other poverty-minded groups. And what it's doing is uh, it's very ironic that here we have in 2019, these guys working on how to racially charge uh, social and emotional learning. And then here we are two years later, and now suddenly one of the main organizations that's involved has been called on the carpet. The state of Virginia and several other states have decided to pull Seuss's books, if you will. But uh, that particular article is um, in the archives as well. And can, if you can want you, to sh- Can you give us a couple of examples? What are they saying that's racist from Dr. Seuss? You know, it, there are six books, and there are ones that came out after my kids were um, going through that particular stage, and I'm not sure exactly. One of them is, um, uh, I think it is, I live down on Mulberry Street. I don't, I haven't really looked at what it is, because to be honest, Tim, there has been so much that has come out of the woodwork in like hours over this, that it's just like insane. People are... Uh, profiting off of this particular thing as well, because people are saying, oh, well, I want to go in and I want to buy these books before they get snatched for, you know, being censoring and that sort of thing, um, or they get burned. Um, And I think on eBay, the set is now up almost $5,000, which is insane. Yeah, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. I, yeah. I just I can't understand the, I can't understand the racist tie. Somebody said that they take the Grinch because he's green. Um, maybe the Sneeches. That was the whole thing that I had before. With the they had the stars upon theirs. You got one. You got two. Then you got some with mixed stars and all this other. Well, I, I'm just kind of wondering saw... what they're picking on in that. Right, and I don't know that they're picking on Horton Hears a Who, but I did see a picture where um, there was Horton. And I always thought that was a wonderful story because it was like, hey, we need everybody to help make a difference is what I what I took it. But here's one of the things we're seeing is that because the, the things that are attached to this CRT, they're bringing up a perspective that is not necessarily researched or grounded in truth, but in theory. And it has permeated our culture to the point that it is, it is shifting the thoughts so that even if you weren't thinking it before, now, because it's been introduced, suddenly it's, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Lori has a question. <clears throat> she yes. says, and I'm assuming Lori's asking this because this subject matter seems like, okay, for most people, this would be, this is a non-issue. Uh, mm-hmm. But but again, I don't think this is a distraction. I think this is all part of what they're doing in the indoctrination. You have to get the kids first. And when you start removing these things, when you start removing real history, we're, we're seeing the removal of statues. We're seeing, uh, we've seen for a long time the revisionist <clears throat> history of America and stuff. 
This is just the next step in that. I don't think this is a distraction here. There are other things going on. There's no question about that. The gun con- the gun confiscation stuff, gun gun prohibition, that's a really big thing that's going on too. But this is all part of it, uh, Lynn, is to get the minds and the hearts of the children. And this is why when we get to our interview in just a little bit, it, you're going to need to pay close attention to what Natalie says about that. Well, when I say that this is kind of a distraction, I know that it's not. I know that it's part of the plan based on research and, of course, with Charlotte's evidence and all that kind of stuff. But what I mean is, is that it has so turned our necks to this particular um, crisis, if you will, uh, that it's taking away from, okay, we're going to be over here and we're working on the health passport or we're working on the, you know, the, the operation warp speed and we're going to make it right. so that you don't know that there's a federal law that you don't have to take it um, when it's, um, unless it's in an emergency, but, and this is not really an emergency. So, you know, that's what I meant. Okay. Um, but you're right. Now, one, I can tell you, you did ask a question about, you know, how are the, you can you give us an example? I will tell you one of the groups behind who is calling these books offensive, and that's the Southern Law Poverty Center. And we know that they are um, a wicked bunch as well. Um, They have actually rebranded themselves so that they can uh, shift away from the polarization of their name. And uh, Andrea is a fellow North Carolinian. She is um, a a good researcher as well, but there's all her evidence on the Southern Poverty Law Center and how they're using um, that for the social justice. And people uh, who are listening by Red State Talk Radio, you can find Andrea's work at LadyLiberty1885.com, LadyLiberty1885.com, and we'll have this in the archive so people can check that out as well. Right. So that's from here in North Carolina. Now, in the archives, I don't know if we'll have time for it today, but in my article, part two, I put in a lot of related resources. I also have a fellow North Carolinian who is a teacher, a social studies teacher over in Winston-Salem, and I included his article on the uh, the shift in social justice surrounding uh, critical race theory. I've also got several other uh Uh, resources for you there that are related to all this because you know you can't separate this from what else is going on because it's supposed to be intertwined to uh, really wear us down so that we will become conformists and that's another part to the um, the charge that I leveled at the first part of the show but I think this would be a good time Tim to let's Go ahead and show Natalie's part. We can show what's going on in Utah because I also have evidence from South Dakota, South Carolina, Tennessee, Louisiana, and in some other places. Okay. All right. This is our interview. We pre-recorded it yesterday, and this is with Natalie Klein. And here we go. Okay. All right. We have a special guest with us, not only our our own Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, but we also have Natalie Klein joining us uh, this morning. And Natalie was born and raised in Utah. She's um, the seventh of 10 children. So she comes from a family uh, like mine and my wife, my, my, my wife and I have. She's the mother of a beautiful blended family with eight grown children, three amazing son-in-laws, four adorable grandchildren. I want some of those too. Uh, Natalie's Children attended public school and homeschool. She volunteered for several years as the accelerated reading specialist and has a background in nursing. She has been a fearless advocate of traditional family values, religious freedom, 
pro-life legislation and family-friendly education policy, lobbying and testifying in defense of parental rights and protecting the innocence of children. She is fiscally and socially conservative and a staunch defender of the Constitution. She loves reading, hiking, running, gardening, traveling, serving in her church and community, and most of all, spending time with her family. And with that said, I want to welcome Natalie Klein to the Sons of Liberty. Welcome, Natalie. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. So happy to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. And we wanted to have you uh, for a, a brief interview. We've only got you for a few minutes. And what I want to do is I want to turn that over to Lynn now because she's got some things she wants to bring out that you you have to tell our audience. And so with that said, Lynn, it's over to you. Oh, well, thank you. And Natalie, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to be with Tim and I this morning and all the audience. Um, This will go out in archive form. So many, many people will be able to see this. So I just wanted to start off with you had shared with me some very controversial ABCs that were popping up in an elementary school hallway. Would you uh, tell us a little bit about that, please? Oh, well, sure. Um, Since getting elected last November, Um, and being willing to put things out uh, that are going on, things that are happening in the schools. I just, I get things from parents every day um, that are, the parents are discouraged because they try to handle these things with the school at a local level and and nothing seems to happen. They just kind of get brushed under the rug and, and it's happening more and more. And so they feel like their voices aren't being heard. So they're sending me stuff and, and a, a parent sent me one from this elementary, her elementary school in, in Bountiful, Utah, that's a very conservative area, and um, said that she just saw this in the hall. And, and most parents haven't been going into the schools at all with COVID. Um, and so she, she had to run something into her daughter, and she would have never seen it had she not actually gone in. Um, and she was just, you know, obviously upset because it's a very um, – I call it the woke alphabet, you know, A is for activist, W is for woke, uh, P is for protest, um, X is for xenophobia. I mean, it's it's all of these social justice, right. um, critical theory terms that right. are being taught to the youngest of ages, just pictured down the hall um, mm-hmm. for all the kids to see. Right. So she was pretty upset. Oh, I can imagine. Now, here's what I have for the alphabet. And I know that uh, we sent Tim the images that you had sent me. And thank you for that. But for those who are listening and cannot see the, the pictures, we have A for activists in parentheses, social and political changes. B was for bias or prejudice. C is for change as in. Now, I love the grammar here. Make more different. Instead of making a difference, we have make more difference. So, you know, what what can we expect in the age of social justice? Grammar has gone the way of the wind. D is for diverse or variety. E is for equity or being fair. Now, as a state school board member, have you noticed how many people are confusing the term equity, which is a financial economic term in the place of equality, which does mean to be fair? You know what? They are using all of these euphemisms yes. um, that really are just keywords for critical theory. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't. Well, it usually means exactly opposite of what they say it means. Okay. Thank you. F is for freedom. Now, in parentheses on this particular one in the hallway picture that you showed, it says power or rights. That's not freedom. All right. G is for grassroots. H is for human rights or rights everyone is entitled to. I is for intent or impact. 
in parentheses. What I mean is more vital than how you hear it. So that's putting myself above you. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That certainly doesn't jive in in the collective mindset either, because you in the collective mindset are worth nothing, whereas the group is the one to be to be propped up. All right. K is for kindred or related. L is for legislation. M is for mutually beneficial or good for all. Uh, N is for nuance, meaning small differences in meaning, sound, or appearance. Now, I'm not sure about you, Natalie, but I'm trying to remember when my children were elementary age, if they even knew how to even knew how to pronounce nuance, let alone how to spell it or what to read it. Yeah. Okay. O is for organizing. P, as you said, is protest. Q is to question everything, which I don't disagree with that. But in this particular model that we're seeing happen, it's not always a good thing. R is for respect, but who are we respecting? Are we respecting the family values or are we respecting the the government agenda? S is for social justice. T is for transformation. U, now this one's interesting. U is for uplifting morally or spiritually. You want to speak to that for just a second? Um, uplifting morally or spiritually. Yeah. Well, it's very, yeah, interesting that that would be thrown in with all of these, right? Because it right. seems very different. But um, since they took prayer out of school and they've, and they've eliminated any talk of God or, or religion, um, they are, they've created a vacuum. And in any time there's a vacuum, you know, they, they create the vacuum so that then they can bring in what they want, their new religion. And that's what really this is. I mean, a lot of the language they use is about confessing your white privilege and repenting for, you know, your racism. And I mean, it's just full of um, religious undertones um, and that you have to do the work of an anti-racist, right? Where it's a lifelong commitment. It's not just say, I'm I'm not racist. You have to actually start actively engaging in pushing this ideology of anti-racism, right? Okay. So um, it's a kind of a religion all of its own. And you're okay. seeing um, things like like yoga and meditation and mindfulness and, and those kind of religious, it kind of has a religious element, but it is not, it's a counterfeit right. of the Judeo-Christian. Right. And Tim and I have done several interviews on that, how it ties into the one world religion, the Gaia worship, the, you know, the alternative um, religions and that. Okay. Lynn, okay. can, can I ask yes. a question in here? Absolutely. Um, Natalie, one of the things you, you bring that out, and that's interesting because, as, as Lynn has said, um, we, we've kind of covered some of that. I had Alex Newman on, and we talked about this great reset that's being talked about. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we had this, this uh, thing with the witches and the Black Lives Matter. And mm-hmm. we saw how they were connected with that. And Alex sort of dropped the bombshell on the, the radio show Everybody said the Great Reset is all about a financial reset, but he said, no, this is about a complete change of society, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mm -hmm. religion, education, culture, um, finances. uh, And and all of this is is coming in basically in what's called education or we call it indoctrination here. Uh, and, And this seems to be exactly what this is. This looks to me like they're trying to raise up little communist revolutionaries right here in our schools. Right. Well, and and Hitler and other um, tyrannical leaders, you know, they all said, if you can get the child, then they don't have to fight the adults. It doesn't matter what the adults say. If they can raise up a whole generation in their ideology, then they've already won the war. 
Absolutely. Well, let's finish up. We have V for vote, W for woke, as you said, X for xenophobia, uh, Y is yes, we can, and Z is for zero tolerance. So the one thing I want to ask you, since you sit on the uh, Utah State Board of Education, you have been wonderful in sending all kinds of the state statutes that all of this violates. So what I'd like you to finish up with, since I know you have another meeting to go to, is I'd like you to speak to the parents who live outside of Utah, where they might could start to look in their state statutes, kind of what to look for, because you pulled out not only what education is not supposed to do, but what educators are not supposed to do. So if you would address that, please. Right. So in Utah, we have some great laws on the books. Um, The problem is, is that there are two different groups of people, um, one that believes in the rule of law and the other group that believes in the rule of bureaucrats, activists, and special interest groups. Um, and, And sadly, those that believe in the rule of law are more often than not afraid of the other. And so It's just, I mean, it equates to the trampling or shredding of our laws and nobody's following the law. So um, the only thing that you, as as parents, um, you can use to protect yourself and to assert your parental rights is to know the laws that protect those parental rights and keep putting them out there um, when you go to talk to the, the schools and administrators and remind them that they are not in compliance. Because as long as they think you don't know what the law is, they will keep running roughshod over it. Because okay. very few laws um, in in code or, or board rules have um, enforcement mechanisms. Um, that's something that could be tightened up in the legislatures to run bills that put consequences in place for teachers that that break these laws. Um, so in Utah, we have... We have a code that specifically says that political, atheistic, sectarian, religious, or denominational doctrine may not be taught in the public schools, except as provided in certain sections where they are just teaching about different systems, Mm -hmm. but without advocating for any particular um, philosophy or, or, um, or particular religion. So that's, that's a huge one uh, because all of this stuff that's being brought in, like I said, is like a religion. It's a it's a, a humanistic, um, secularistic religion that is being pushed on us. And and you know, my my big thing since being in has been re, in as a member of the state board is to make the point. And this seems to be the only safe ground that we can fall on mm-hmm. um, without being called um, out for pushing our religion. Um, is that there? that we have to not allow any controversial issues in the classroom. If we as adults can't agree and there's no consensus within the broader um, world on or community on these issues, then the last thing we should be doing is putting those on our kids, right? And, and opening the schools up to that contention um, and persecution that happens when it, with the differences of opinion. So, the schools say regularly they want the whole child, right? We have to educate the whole child. And what they mean by that is intellectual, physical, spiritual, right. mental, um, emotional, social, right? Um, but as parents, we have we are the primary educators of our children. 
And the state is supposed to be secondary and supportive of the parents and responsive to the parents' wishes. So that is another piece that is in our law. And, and we just had a resolution that one of our legislators ran to highlight that part of our law. So parents know and educate, kind of putting everybody on notice, mm-hmm. right? That remember in Utah, we believe parents are the primary educators and decision makers of their children's education. Um, and, and that means that parents, we have to, we have to re-identify the roles of the school versus the parents and draw a hard line so that they know they cannot cross that line because over the years we've given away all of our parental responsibilities to the school and expect them to do more and more and more. So it's no wonder that they act like they can put teach um, their ideology to our children because right. we've given up so much. We have to take that back. We have to take that power back as parents and say, no, it's my responsibility to educate the whole child. And I can delegate if I choose to the school to to educate the intellect of my child. That small portion of my responsibility, I can delegate to you, but all the rest, the social, emotional, physical, spiritual, all social, that belongs to me as a parent. And so anything that is in that realm, you cannot teach as a a teacher. Amen. Otherwise you're crossing the line and you are kidnapping my child mentally and emotionally and spiritually and politically. And that's what we're, and that's a lot of what we're seeing across the nations, especially with the uh, nation, especially with this CRT. Natalie, in case someone wants to get in touch with you to find out how they might can bring some of these same types of legislative uh, uh, parameters to their state, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, you can go through um, my state board email address, which is our website, nataliejklein.com. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook, um, message me through there, just at Natalie Klein. Um, I, uh, you'll have to friend request me. I, when I got into this mess, it's because my state board Facebook page um, got attacked by all of the, the activists. So it's kind of a dumpster fire right now, and I don't oh, no. usually go on there. So, <laughs> and I'm trying to keep them off my personal page. So gotcha. um, email me through through my, my, my webpage, Natalie. Okay. Tim, do you have any closing questions, thoughts, comments? No, I, I tell you, I, uh, I appreciate the fact that you said, and I don't, I told you guys that my buttons are doing things. So folks, I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, I appreciate what you said that the parent, it's the parent's responsibility and they've turned that over for so long. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I disagree, that I, that I, I disagree with, and I, maybe you guys would agree with me on, I do think we ought to be teaching the basic tenets of Christianity. This is not getting into whether people speak tongues or what your end time eschatology and stuff, but the basic tenets. We used to do that. We've given up so much of that, and this is where this is where we've gone wrong. I think. I, I think we've given it up to well, we can have all these things without the religious implications to them. Math has religious implications. History has religious implications, and so and and our country is filled with. Christian uh, religious implications uh, to everything. And so I, I like, though, that you're you're saying we're going to take this back. We can delegate out, you know, hey, I can't teach Greek, so I'm going to give I'm going to give my kid over here. You teach them Greek, you know, just like they did the old days when they'd bring in a teacher and that teacher was responsible to the parents. But now it's like trying to get 
the teachers on board with that, and then they have their mandates from the state. This is one of the real problems. I want to see the strings cut from the state so that the parents in the community are the ones determining exactly what's taught to their kids, not dictated by the state, whether it's the individual state or whether it's the federal government. Right, right. And it's so important. The only way that that will happen is if parents in mass stand up yep. against the system, because one parent is easy to placate. Um, in fact, you know, I've, I've been to the UN on several occasions and one of the, just to see what their tactics and strategies are. And one of the classes I sat through was teaching um, the activists that go to the UN how to overcome barriers, right? And and they kind of war game these scenarios about how to overcome barriers when they're pushing an agenda and they hit up against a wall, right? So when you're pushing an agenda into the school, what is the number one barrier that they can expect? The parents. To, the parents. Yeah. The, the parents, parents are yeah. the barrier, but their agenda is they will push at all costs. And so they war game. If, a, if we introduce this and the parents push back, then what are we going to do? And they come up with all these plans so that no matter what barriers right. parents create for them, they can push right past it and keep moving on. And parents get quickly discouraged and frustrated and give up. So we have to do the same. We have to educate parents to know that to expect that resistance and to know it's going to come. And that instead of having their problems resolved, the schools will often double down, right. um, which I've seen just this week. Um, in one of our schools. And so they have to, we have to prepare them for that so that they don't get discouraged and they go, Oh yeah, this is, I, I was warned this would happen. And now I know exactly what my next step is going to be because we, we planned for this. Right. And so that they can keep pushing back and, and take that ground back. Very good. Thank you so much, my dear. Will you um, take care? And um, if you need a outlet to speak out in, um, Excuse me. If you need an outlet ever to use as a platform, here we are. <laughs> okay, it's good Thank to you, know. Natalie. Thank you Thanks. so much. Okay, take care. Thank you, Natalie. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Okay, bye. Okay, all right. That was our interview with uh, Natalie. And one of the things I wanted to do now, I, I'm having to open up my um, uh, messenger here because Lynn forgot to send me a video, and I. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be bringing that up here in just a second. But one of the things I wanted to do was because of the fact that um and you may hear some sound come on, I apologize for that. I'm going to try to pause it before it gets out here. Um if it pauses. Uh one of the things that uh I wanted to to contrast what you just saw with the ABCs is what we used to have in as far as education here in America. Uh, it was called the New England Primer, for those of you who are not familiar with it. You can pick it up. It's a, it's a little book that looks like this. This is what a lot of our founders used. It's, the, the book is literally as big as your hand. Okay, It's a really small little book. And within the book, their ABCs are quite different. In fact, they run contrary to the very things like, you know, what Natalie was bringing up about people not teaching doctrine and stuff like that, they run contrary to that stuff. Look at the ABCs here. A is for Adam, and they would have things that says, in Adam's fall, we send all. B is for the book, or for the Bible. Thy life to mend, this book attend. All right? 
Then they had the cat doth play and after flay or after slay. Excuse me. Their their s's are like little f's. They uh, it's weird. I don't understand it. Anyway, a dog will bite a thief at night. An eagle flight is out of fight. Um, Job feels the rod, yet blesses God. For J. King should be good, no men of blood. The lion bold, the lamb doth hold. See, they, they take each letter and they go through. And uh, here's, a, here's, for those who can't see uh, here, there are other sections. I... I look for my little book, but the kids get it occasionally, and they run around with it. But I, I was going to show up. This is actually better because you can see it a little clearer. Um, these are all images of how the ABCs are done. Uh, Peter denies his Lord and cries for P. It's for Peter. Um, so, so the kids, when they were being taught their ABCs, they were learning things from Scripture. So, so even the alphabet was tied to, uh, I don't want to say religion, to Christianity. It was tied to Christianity. So that the mindsets of the kids were geared towards God. Now, the mindset is geared towards man. It is geared towards man. And if you if you know anything about Romans 1, this is part of the issue. Men are given over by God. They're not shown that they're loved. They're given up. That's what the text says. They're given up by God. That's a, that's a bad place to be. And they serve and worship the creature rather than the creator. Folks, there is no atheist. There is no agnostic. They can say it all they want to, but it's like I told Michael who called in the other day when he says, well, you said there, you can prove God exists. I never said that. What I, what I meant was it is self-evident within people. They are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness if they say there is no God. It's self-evident within man because we're made in the image of God. I want to throw that in there, uh, Lynn, because I think it gives a nice contrast to show just how far we've come that we're now talking, we're we're teaching our kids some of this neo-communist language that they'll grow up with and eventually be little communist revolutionaries that we're, we're seeing hanging on these school walls. Right, and and that's a wonderful illustration. Um, the particular YouTube video that um, I did feature in my article and then forgot to put in your email is a parent-led uh, what you can do about CRT in your area. Now, it's um, over an hour, uh, just about an hour long, so naturally we can't have all of it. But one of the things that they bring out in this particular video, Tim, is, um, let's see, at the 33.53 minute mark, that the critical race theory is an elite revolution against people based in Marxism. And you'll hear that um, all throughout the particular video. Um, Let me give you a couple of other notes, because I don't know that we have time to play the clips or go through some of the other resources unless we go over. Let's see here. You want to, when you listen to this particular YouTube video, you want to listen out, not just to um, uh, the moderator, but the, uh, 
the experts, Christopher Rufo is the one who really I want you to pay attention to, not that the other expert is not worth listening to because they both give some great things. But one of the things that was brought up was that there's been a huge pushback in academia. Now that's across the board, all ages, all right, against anyone who questions the critical race theory um, or the latest descent of because it is a descendant of Marxism. It's also tied to Marxism, the Frankfurt School, which is that most society is oppression and um, that 1619 was actually critical race theory for the masses. That was why it was brought about. And that was the goal uh, because race explain. Uh, let's see, race explains our history, but that's not true. Race does not define our history. It's part of our history. But remember, God didn't give a rat's bottom about what skin color you were. He, so why is our government? It's to divide and to conquer. It is to create the case system, which we're seeing play out in education. We're now seeing it play out in healthcare, which is why we're going to see the case system with the vaxxed and the not vaxxed. Yeah. Let me toss something in there. And this goes back to sure. Lincoln for people who've been indoctrinated that Lincoln was out to free the slaves. A lot of people have to understand something. There was a lot of there was a lot of slaves in the South, and I'm not again. This is not condoning slavery, but there were a lot of them whose lives were saved. The gospel was input because they were brought here, and there were some Southern people who actually took care of them. They actually fought of their own accord against the North, and I've I've read accounts of them that they were treated like family. Many of them were now some of them were treated bad. I'm not going to say that. But there were a lot who were treated just like they were family. They were brought in, they were loved, they were given the gospel, and they moved on past that, even past the war and northern aggression. There's no question about that. If you think that's not true, you haven't done your homework. You've just took the indoctrination you got from the state. But that goes back to the whole idea. This isn't about races, which is an evolutionary concept. It is not a biblical concept at all. We got one race, it's the human one in the physical if you look at races, it, it would be spiritual. You're either a child of God or a child of the devil. It's one or the other. Uh, but, but this idea is that the, all men are created in God's image. That's going to be from Genesis uh, 1, 1 to 3. We're going to see that. And then also when we look at the Declaration of Independence, even those guys recognized that all men were created equal. Many of them had slaves. No question about that. But they also wanted to free them. The problem was in the society they were in and freeing them, somebody else was just going to capture them and make them a slave. And they were trying to work it out just like William Wilberforce so that they could end that. And unfortunately, they didn't fight on that front as hard as they did in the War of Independence. But, you know, such as them, they, they have to answer for, to God for that. But I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands those things come out from the history that we've learned as well. Now, Lynn, we can play segments of this. If we need to go over, we'll do that. Um, many people don't okay. mind that we do well, that before, anyway. Before we go, uh, for those who can't hang with us, I wanted to point out, if you, you know, you access this particular video, you want to pay close attention to this, that the critical race theory has become the default solution for all kinds of institutions. And Mr. Uh, Rufio was saying this because he's working not only uh, 
on critical race theory as it impacts education, but he's seeing it impact government. He's seeing it impact um, all kinds of corporations, which is why we're seeing a lot of the the um, mainstream news focus. Well, you know, Coke says you have to be less white, or this one says you have to be this or that or the other. So, you know, this is why he's saying it's permeating our entire um, culture. So absolutely it is. They also, both the experts also bring out that the reason why people why this is being such a, a, a banner, if you will, over our nation is that people are afraid to speak out against critical race theory because it automatically points to their guilt. And that is uh, that is a manipulation tool that the Common Core machine and the government is using against us because we don't have anything to be guilty about. But yet they're saying we should just because we look a certain way. I just wanted to bring that out. Now, the way this relates to the HR 487 is it will focus and target those who are food assistance through the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP funds, which also um, weigh into the Every Student Succeeds Act. This is part of the funding stream that your schools get, not just for the K-12 through public schools, but for your community. So this particular bill, is going to target you. If you're poor, need food assistance, you have to become a reskilled laborer and go work for the man. Yeah, isn't that nice to do? <laughs> yeah. And we okay. can play clips. We can show the uh, the other examples if we want to. Right. I just wanted to get that in before those who um, had to go, you know, had to go. Okay. Uh, Laurie <clears throat> has asked a question in the chat. What is a good source for the history of the South that Tim is referring to? I'd love the material for homeschool. Okay, Laurie, uh, write this down. It's real simple. You can find it uh, online. Um, the Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government by Jefferson Davis. He was the president of the Confederacy. Read that. Uh, there's a, there, I think there's a volume one and two, but I got it in <clears> one, <throat> one book. You can get that. Anything by Thomas DiLorenzo. <laughs> oh, yes. Anything by Thomas DiLorenzo, the real Lincoln, the problem with Lincoln, um, There's another author who had some stuff with uh, Lincoln's Marxist. Those would be be tremendously eye-opening if you've never read them. And I can tell you as a kid that I loved Lincoln because all the stuff I read, you know, he's just all this stuff. And he just sounds like, you know, he's the cream of the crop, and he really wasn't. He was – you come to find out he was really a tyrant. So those are some those are some resources I would suggest uh, you take a look at. Christ in the Camp is a good one too to deal with some of the stuff that was going on within the Confederate Army and the revival that God brought to them as well. And uh, with that said, we're going to hold over a little bit. So you guys on Red State Talk, Talk Radio, if you want to join us on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right, or before it's News.com, right there at the top of the page, or Facebook forward slash Bradley Dean SOL. Join us on that. Lynn, you got about 20 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay, CommonCoreDiva.com. If you wish to financially bless what I do, there is a donate button. If not, prayers always appreciated. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, uh, uh, localactivist.org, which is part of Citizens for Free Speech. You can find me on Breaking News Journal TV. And I believe for all the time we have, that's all I can squeeze in. Okay. All right. We appreciate you as always, Lynn. And we're going to carry over on the other side. So you guys be sure to join us. Now, I'm trying to set something up for tomorrow. We've got a guy over in the UK who filmed and showed nobody's in the hospitals. 
Him and his friends were busted. They can't like each other's posts on social media, talk about COVID, yada, yada, yada. 23 hours. See ya. Well, that was a lot to get out right quick. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, you did it. Yeah, let me cut off this. <laughs> let me cut off the phone here. And um, I do I, would, I do want to let you know that that's what we're trying to do. So the guy it seems like he's really set up to come on. So that's what we're going to try to do for tomorrow. Okay, cool. Lynn, what do we want to do yes. here? Because I'm at the 3353 mark. And okay. you tell me what um, we want to do. All right. If you would, uh, let's go ahead and pull that YouTube video up. But I want folks to hear before they hear that. I want us to hear the opening to the 3.02 minute mark, because this is setting the conversation for parents. Okay, so I'm backing up to 302 or somewhere around. No, no, no. The opening to 302. Oh, the opening to the. Okay. Sorry Mm -hmm. about that. All right. Let's uh, let's bring it up. Here we go. Good afternoon. I'm Coleman Hughes, Manhattan Institute Fellow and Contributing Editor for City Journal. Today we are discussing critical race theory. Uh, A group of legal scholars came together in the 1970s and 80s because they were dissatisfied with the way of thinking about race that came out of the civil rights movement. Scholars like Kimberly Crenshaw, Gary Peller, and Derek Bell became the founders of a new movement called critical race theory. One of the core claims of critical race theory is that objectivity is not possible. Anything that claims to be objective, whether you're talking about knowledge or the standards by which we judge academic achievement, is actually white supremacy in disguise. Where the civil rights movement defined racism concretely in terms of racist individuals, whose minds could be changed, and racist laws, which could be overturned, critical race theory defined racism abstractly. In critical race theory, white supremacy became an abstract society-wide skewing of opportunities. White supremacy, it alleged, is all around us, but we're like the proverbial fish in water, too close to see the racism right in front of our noses. For years, critical race theory remained confined to the academy, but in recent years, it has spread. Uh, KIPP, the nation's uh, largest network of charter schools, a few months ago changed their slogan from work hard, be nice, uh, to get rid of the work hard component because it implied that hard work was enough for a black person to succeed. Even more concrete example, the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History in Washington, D.C. released a document condemning rationality um, and hard work as, quote, white values. So many people have been alarmed by the spread of these counterintuitive ideas about how to approach race that have recently been seeping into the K through 12 curriculum at many people's schools. And so we've gathered a few experts on the subject to discuss this alarming trend. 
Okay. All right. Uh, that's the first uh, three minutes and two seconds of the video very, here. Very good. And okay. Awesome. What do we want to now, do? Okay. Now let's go to uh, 1315. This is where Christopher's going to talk a little bit. And we're going to end this, Tim, at 1829. 1829. All right. Here we go. It's manifested itself in institutions. And I think th this all does emerge from uh, the Frankfurt School uh, kind of theories of Marxism. And the idea was that, um, you know, maybe seizing the means of production and for the physical economy, like factories and and other manufacturing facilities, uh, that's not necessarily the way we need to actually seize the means of cultural production. That's the way we can get kind of past the bulwark of of, of a large and, and rising American middle class. And you know, frankly, 50 years after they marched, after they announced the, their idea to, to, to do a long march through the institutions, uh, echoing, you know, of course, Chairman Mao, um, they've largely done so, in my view, that I think now kind of with this astonishing speed, critical race theory has kind of jumped out of academia and now is becoming the default operating ideology of American public institutions. And uh, I've reported in dozens of federal agencies uh, that are conducting critical race theory-based trainings, uh, everything from the FBI conducting intersectionality workshops um, to uh, taking the white male engineers from our National Nuclear Weapons Laboratory, uh, sequestering them in a resort for three days, forcing them to deconstruct <clears throat> their white male identity, uh, telling them that their identity is consonant with the KKK, with lynchings, uh, with, you know, MAGA hats, um, and then forcing them to apologize uh, for their kind of inborn racial and sexual identities. Um, and these kind of programs I reported now on dozens uh, are happening everywhere from the smallest kind of school districts in the Midwest. Uh, I reported, for example, on a, a middle school in Missouri that was forcing teachers to locate themselves on an oppression matrix dividing the white male Christian English-speaking middle-class teachers into the oppressor category and then the uh, kind of racial and ethnic minorities, religious minorities, uh, women and, and uh, sexual minorities into the oppressed categories, ignoring any of their own kind of individual stories or behaviors or, um, or beliefs. And this really crude separation uh, is happening uh, everywhere, and I think it's it the same reason that that as John outlined, it 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 really gets has gotten very little pushback in academia. It's the same reason it's getting very little pushback in other institutions, whether government or corporations or schools, because people are afraid um, to stand up against it. And I think critical race theory did something that I think is intellectually uh, dishonest, but but justified by their view of power. Um, and actually very, very clever. They constructed their argument like a mousetrap. And, you know, Ibram Kendi or Robin DiAngelo, the kind of new kind of uh, corporate HR gurus of this movement, um, uh, basically have constructed this argument where if you oppose critical race theory, um, that's evidence of your own guilt, of your own white fragility, of your own internalized white supremacy. Um, so they, they make an argument that the only possible opposition is interpreted as uh, as essentially the truth of the theory or or kind of false consciousness again derived from marx and you know on a very practical level a, a parent in a school district that sees some of this stuff coming in is saying am i going to be called a racist or a white supremacist 
Um, and 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 people, I think, um, don't have the language or the vocabulary. Uh, and then I think in many cases don't have the courage because they will truly be the first people standing up. Mm. And the only, to wrap up my introductory segment, the only bright spot um, that I've seen is actually um, the Asian American community uh, in states like Washington State and California has been remarkably successful in pushing back against critical race theory and related ideological programs. I think in part because uh, there is a, a commitment to uh, the meritocracy. Uh, I talked, I've reported on people who said, look, we left communist China to come to the United States uh, because we think the cultural revolution that we experience in our home country is bad. We came here because if you, you know, as you, as you talked about, if you work hard, you study hard, um, you have a little bit of luck, you can succeed. And I think also they're in some ways almost immune to the criticism of being, you know, white supremacists. On the face of it, it's ridiculous, right? Um, critical race theorists make the argument in some cases that Asian Americans are white adjacent or um, kind of, you know, have assimilated into whiteness. But I think most people reject those out of common sense. So I, I think that it's really going to take um, people banding together um, and pushing back in local institutions as well as a kind of counter-institutional response uh, from think tanks, uh, academics, uh, and legal foundations. You know, one of the things, uh, Lynn, that struck me mm -hmm. in the introduction, and I, I meant to make mention of this, was the, the guy who was talking about how critical race theory was set out. And by the way, for people who didn't remember, this was one of the quote-unquote bombshells, if, it, if you can call it that. I don't even know if that is, was one of those that came out after Andrew Breitbart's death. This was one of the things that he was sitting on was that Barack Obama was really good buddies with Derrick Bell, who was the guy who put this stuff out. And one of the interesting things he says is these guys are saying there, there is no objective standard for determining this. Well, I want to turn it back on them. How then can they turn and say... There's such thing as a white supremacy. Uh, how can they say these things are really white supremacy? What objective standard are they using? Because obviously there is no objective standard, whereas the, the Christian says my standard is the word of God. It says that God made man in his own image. It didn't say he made the races in his image. It said he made man in his image. And from, from one man, Adam, and from one woman, Eve, he created man, and then from them came the human race. I, I don't, we do have an objective standard. It is outside of us. It is unchangeable. It is the word of God. And so I, for these people to talk, they're just absolute hypocrites to not see that they are those who are standing. I mean, the, the emperor has no clothes, if you will. They're standing on sand. They're <laughs> sinking in it. And, and they don't even hold the same standard to themselves. That's the problem in all of this. And they're, used, they're trying to use it to beat us over. The guy's talking about it's a mousetrap. It's not really a mousetrap at all. It's point out that they're not even holding the same standard to themselves. How do we know there's not, in, in the minds of people like Derek Bell, that they don't have black supremacy on the brain? This, this whole idea is founded without any foundation or it's put forth without any foundation at all as far as i'm concerned where are we going right. to next well, one, one one of the things that i wanted to point out and we're we're just gonna i'm just gonna mention the states and what to look for okay because i okay. know we don't have time uh south carolina is showing uh uh politicalization 
through uh, outfits as well as using colors for a spirit week. And one of the colors that they chose was the blue for unity and peace, which we know blue is the United Nations color uh, for unity and peace as well. So, oh, yes, there's that. Uh, South Dakota is doing the same thing Uh, from Louisiana. There is uh, from Louisiana and Tennessee. If you look for the uh, second grade English class, they are teaching disturbing self-hate through a wit and wisdom book and parent company for wit and wisdom is great minds and who is the ceo and founder of great minds but one of the common core uh, state standards writers lynn munson so mm. don't tell me that common core is dead but one of the things about this particular uh, self-hate book is it is showing you for the first, this is one of the first resources I've seen where they're showing that uh, whites are discriminating against the Mexicans. So, you know, it's not just uh, one skin color. Now it's a second skin color. Uh, You also can tie all this into the sustainable development goals. Number one, which is no poverty. And, you know, it makes it sound like, Oh, goody, we're all going to be rich. No, we're all going to be poor. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the government is going to such lengths to divide and conquer and to target the low income people because we're all going to be there? Why do you think they're making such a big deal out about are you vaccinated or are you not? Because if you are, here's what you're going to be able to do. If not, here's what you're not going to be able to do. This all can tie back to the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement. This can tie back to the Every Student Succeeds Act. This can tie back to Tons of things, Tim. So one of the things for those who are still watching, the one thing I want you to do so we could close out is show that very last image, because this is what our nation is being set up for. All right. Let me get to that. Um, The very last one. Is this welcome to your new racism? That would be it. Okay. There you go. Now. The uh, artist and the website that that particular image is featured on, you can go to. You will not see what's in red. That was my, um, that was my addition, and that's well, based on everything that I've been able to research for all these years. This is evidence from Charlotte and from other people as well. So yeah, that's where we're headed. That's interesting. And for those who may be too young to remember what this is. This is a play off of the issue to where they had um, those who had dark skin use one one water fountain and those who had light skin use another water fountain or the bathroom or whatever the case may be. Now it's going to be vaccinated, not vaccinated. Um, Yeah. There you go. Lynn, any final comments? Uh, Well, you know... Pray for Jesus to come right now because it'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I Bradley and I had a conversation the other day. By the way, folks, uh, Lord willing, we're going to have Bradley on on Friday morning. So I don't know. Some people have said dynamic duo. At least one of them is. That's Bradley. <laughs> but we're going to have Bradley on. And Bradley and I had the conversation the other day. And you know what? I I don't mind Jesus coming. That's fine. But you know what? I, I think that he has commanded us to fight the good fight of faith. We're to not grow weary in doing good. Uh, and this was something I encouraged Bradley with he, because he says, man, you just keep going at it and going. At it. And it's just he said, I'm sick of it. And mm-hmm. one of the things that, that we talked about was 
staying vigilant in the fight. And the only place oh, yeah. you get your strength from is from the Lord in that. And so Absolutely. I want I want to encourage people get in the fight. Get, yeah. get in the get in the fight. And you don't have to be on a national radio platform. You don't have to be writing articles and things. You just have to be in the fight where God has put you, and that is dealing with the truth with the people who are around you. That's why he's got you in the sphere of influence he has you in. Maybe you're a mom, and your sphere of influence is basically your kids, maybe some 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 friends, maybe the church that you're at or whatever, and you don't have all this other. Be faithful in that. You know, the Bible says you're faithful in a little. He gives you much, and so... Uh, maybe you're you're a dad and and you're or a CEO of a company and you've got influence over a whole lot of people. I had a friend over here across the line in, in North Carolina, and he used to pay his employees. Listen to this: he used to play. He paid them to work, but then he would give them like forty five minutes or an hour every so often, and he would bring in a preacher to preach, and he paid them as part of their work to be there, and they loved it. He had people who were converted. He had people who were already uh, Christians um, in there. He had he had lost people in there. Nobody complained about because they were getting paid to be there anyway. Um, he used his sphere of influence in that way. Do whatever you do in your sphere of influence for the glory of God, and that I think is how we win the day. That is part of the battle that we're in. Some of yeah. you write. Some of you have your own podcasts. Some of you share information. And do all of this, and that's what we've got to do together. Uh, that's what I want to encourage people in, because uh, as right. Bradley and I were talking about, our desire is, you know, when you read that Moses delivered the people of Israel, they get to the Red Sea. They're stuck between the sea and the armies of Egypt. There is nowhere else to go. And yet, what does the Bible tell us happen? That's when God showed up, showed himself strong, not only delivered the people from their enemies, but destroyed their enemies before their eyes. Now, guys, I know a lot of people have gloom and doom, and I'm going to have to do a show on this whole dispensationalism, modern state of Israel, you know, the Jews are God's chosen people kind of stuff, okay? I'm going to have to do that because I think it's hamstrung the, the, the modern-day American church, not understanding who true Israel is, Okay. But understand that what happened in the Old Testament with Israel there is for the understanding of the New Testament Israel, the church. Because if you read Ephesians 2, you can't come away with any other understanding but that God has taken Jews and Gentiles and he's made them one new man in Christ. They're not to be ever separated again. And so this modern state of Israel is a delusion. It is a deception about what biblical Israel is. The biblical Israel are those who are in Jesus Christ. Read the book of Galatians if you don't understand that. Again, this doesn't go back. The only races, the only races that are really going on, children of God, children of the devil. That's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, well, I've had I've had Chuck on uh, Courtney before, and uh, we always have a good time. In fact, I've got a, a, at least one, maybe two shows I've done with him on the Israel issue. Uh, you could find those at the ar- in the archives. In fact, if you go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, he's a contributor there as well. And I've done a couple of shows with him, um, three or four actually, but two, I think, on Israel. So these things hamstrung us. They've brought us into the situation we're in. A lot of this dispensational kind of teaching, the Darby Schofield, 
you know, God forbid that you listen to somebody like John Hagee or Hal Lindsey or any of these guys because they're so far off from what Scripture actually teaches about these things that it's hamstrung the church. It's opened up the stuff like what we're talking about here with Lynn and some other things as well. So with that said, um, let's close out the show. Guys, again, we're going to see if we can bring, um, I believe believe his name's Michael, uh, contact from Kate that she sent me on this issue regarding filming the hospitals over in the U.K., uh, I told you about the other lady, Debbie, um, I forget what her last name is. We've tried to get get her on, but they, they arrested her. Um, they put restrictions on her. You won't believe what they're putting on these young men. They can't eat. Part of their conditions of being on bail is they can't like each other's social media posts. They can't comment on each other's social media posts. They have to be separated. They can't come together. All because they went and showed the people that what the media was telling them about COVID filling up the hospitals, blah, 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 was a lie. So you you don't want to miss that. If we can have him on, we're going to do that. If not, you're stuck with me for the, for the hour. In any case, you guys have a great day, and um, I will, uh, Lord willing, see you 6 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning. See you.